This is CliffCentral.com. You're not getting old. You're not getting like tired of the same shit. Sorry. Wow. Sorry, I've got old in my brain for this, this show. What I was going to say is, are you not getting tired of the theme tune? No, not at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us are. <laughs> right, Anthea, what's going on in the finance? Yeah, so on Friday, the market closed about half a percent higher. So for the month of June, the index was down only, in inverted commas, 2.5%. The last couple of days, we had a nice little rally, which saved us. Obviously not enough, though. And then on Friday, because of the weaker RAND, dual listeds had a little run. The RAND completely blew out on Friday afternoon at about half past three, just after the announcement that the date for the vote of no confidence had been set. I would have, it's a bit strange, I would have thought that actually, having set the date for the vote of no confidence, the RAND would be stronger, but it didn't, it actually got weaker. Um, so it traded from 12.99 to 13.12. I mean, there was also a Reuters article later on in the day, saying that the finance minister had said South Africa may have to go to the IMF to borrow money. Which really just proves that we are in junk status, I'm afraid. You can see the I'm pretty IMF. Sure. I, I could have told you that. <laughs> so you can see the IMF is basically being the lender of last resort. And the real problem here, Ben, is that not just do we have to, can we not go to capital markets and to foreigners to raise money? If we're going to the IMF, it means we're desperate. And I think the finance minister mustn't forget that it's not free. Um, yeah. The, 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 the other concern, of course, is that we can go and borrow money, but it doesn't feel like he has a plan to get us out of this huge spiraling debt that we're in. It's like opening a, an Edgar's account because you want cheap fashion, but you have no interest in paying it back. Um, yeah, it, it, a little bit. And I then know going it's a very basic tr- mindset. And then I mean, going to Truwards and opening another account and yeah. then going somewhere else, opening another account. That really is what it's like. Can I just ask a question here? Does the IMF ever reject applications for loans mm. um, it, it seems to me like at, you know at some point they need to get to that stage where they say listen South Africa uh, we can't give you any credit right now absolutely they do but we're not at that stage I mean the IMF for the people who bail out Zimbabwe Mozambique uh, so in fact I wouldn't have even thought South Africa was there yet okay what what's interesting about it of course or worse the like, kind of cherry on top was that they also said on Saturday that they will bail SAA out to the tune of 2.3 billion rand. Now. 2.3 billion. Oh. God. SAA is losing 370 million rand a month. The but problem. It's, it's not losing due to me any anytime soon, is it? <laughs> yeah, could, could trim a bit of fat there, right? <laughs> um, so the problem with SAA is that at the end of June, they had a loan with Standard Chartered, the UK bank, and Standard Chartered actually refused to renew their loan and said, okay, enough, sorry, SAA, we don't trust that you can afford to repay us, and so we want our money, and that's it. We're not extending credit to you anymore. It was done under something called the Section 16 of the Public Finances Act, which almost covers emergencies, so think bank bailouts and I mean, when you think of bank bailouts, you generally think of something that is a systemic risk. And I don't think SAA, why do, I mean, is, is, is SAA systemic risk? 
I don't know. I would. Aren't you just tempted to privatize this? But it would seem to me that you don't really have a choice but to bail them out. Well, that's my question. Because what happens Which as a country? Which is probably their mindset. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, what would happen as a country? We didn't have an airline running. So what would happen in this case probably is that you'd go outside and say, who wants to buy SAA and turn it around? Okay. It could be South Africans saying, right, we'll privatize it, or it could be foreigners. I, mean, I, I don't know why the government sees your airline as a strategic um, public holding or government holding. I guess there's holding. a fair amount of ego involved. That's a lot of monetary. <laughs> that's a lot of value on... Uh, ego. I mean, wow. So they they also have nine billion rand maturing at the end of June for about six to seven lenders. So it did I say a million? Because I meant billion. Nine billion. No, you rand. billion. Yeah. Didn't I? Okay. Um, and they're obviously having to negotiate with these lenders whether or not they will extend their loan. And the question, of course, is can SAA pay salaries every month? You know that our public debt. Like the money South Africa owes is already two point two trillion rand. Mm. <laughs> mm. You can't you can't repay <laughs> <Woo>! trillions. <laughs> I can't even like Nobody imagine knows, the right? number of zeros oh. that is. What a yes is. I'm just trying to imagine what that what like how how much are you paying back per month? <laughs> oh goodness. Can you imagine like what the interest on trillions is? Ooh. That's that's prison basically, financial prison. Oh yeah! Now after all the Death things sentence. we've just discussed, is that twelve zeros? Mm-hmm. <laughs> twelve zeros. Madder. After all of that, the finance minister said on Saturday that the decision to bail out SAA was to inspire confidence. No. Does that help you? No, no. Shall no. we move on? It confuses me. Is what <laughs> it the does. Person, the person who said that know what confidence means. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, he is reading from a pre-prepared script. He has to stick to the script. Do you know, I wonder about that. Because if you're writing something like that, surely you've thought about it. It's not like an off-the-cuff, oh, and then afterwards you think, oh, maybe that's not what I meant. Mm. It's If you're reading a script, somebody has actually thought about that. That makes it worse, not mm. better. Mm-hmm. But is anyone actually keeping a scorecard of how many bailouts this is now? Because it seems like an annual thing. I mean, is there a party attached to this where they just pop bottles and they go, yay, bailout party? Because <laughs> it seems like an annual thing almost. I used to know the number. I'll look it up, but it's a big number. That um, and when it is, there seems to be a B. This bailout's not the only B word here. Billions is very much involved. And and twenty billion comes to mind, but I'm, I'll have to check. That's that's. I think that's the tune of the government guarantees for SAA. Twenty billion. I think we need to move on, mm. really, because this is depressing. Um, and then oil had a bit of a bounce last week. The U.S. production numbers were slightly lower than expected. According to Bloomberg, open short contracts on oil are the highest level since 2012. And I'm saying 2012 because my Bloomberg machine didn't go further back than that. Um, you know we're getting a petrol price decrease of, on Wednesday of yeah, 69 cents a litre. Yeah. Um, which is exciting because this could bring inflation below 5%. And if that happens, then I think the Reserve Bank really just has more reason to cut interest rates. Consensus is that they'll cut at the uh, first quarter of next year. But if it falls below 5%, inflation falls below 5%, I think we might make a good case for an earlier rate cut. But just on this oil price, unfortunately now, the, the reason we're getting this petrol price decrease is because oil's been so low. And because the rand's been strong, except now with these open short contracts on oil, my concern is that there might be a short squeeze. So what happens when, sh- when traders are short 
and the market bounces a little bit, but the traders lose money and they have to buy back their short contracts and it's almost self-fulfilling and continually pushes the oil price up. On top of that, the rand is now above 13 to the dollar. So maybe, uh, yeah, go, go with this, go with this, uh, decreased petrol price, but just be wary of it. Well, it's, it will it's, last. It always feels like, you know, you, you get given with one hand, but the other hand's ready to take. So Isn't it, it just, eh? it's like one of those, yeah. It's again, it's like being in an abusive relationship, but you just don't get clapped on that day. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So this month, we're not going to get clapped. Yay. <laughs> Um, and then on Friday, Nasper said that they'd raised a billion rand through a bond issue um, through its international arm, Myriad International, and that was to repay some of the debt, which was due at the end of July. Look look how good Nasper's are. Like they raise money ahead of the maturity of their bonds. They don't wait until the last minute. Can yeah, Nasper should actually run more in this country. They well, seem to have an understanding about what money is. They're already worth a fifth of the stock market, so. That's, but they, they need to make strategic decisions around normal life. Take over treasury. Yeah. <laughs> is what you're implying. Um, Nasves are also, they've said they're also going to use some of that money for acquisitions. They of course haven't told us what, but, and the reason they could do it through Myriad is because Nasves in fact was stood fully and unconditionally guaranteeing the bond. So that's quite nice, and I think we might see some more um, shopping going on at Nice Purse. Yeah, it's interesting to know, because when you're that good, you can actually acquire many things of interest. And we've already seen it with them globally. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's how they turn it around and how they make money out of it. So up until now, one of the issues is they've been buying, consistently buying, and they're only recently beginning to sell off the assets that they had bought, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago maybe. And it's interesting to see how much profit they're going to make on it because you never really know how to value these things, especially if they're not listed. You know, you can, I mean, you can guesstimate and net asset value, um, but it's always difficult if, if, if their purchases, their assets are unlisted. Imagine they took on SAA. I don't think they want SAA. Oh, no, I don't think many people want SAA. <laughs> I mean, I can <laughs> agree with you on to. that. But if they were to take it on. And maybe turn it around. Yeah, okay, like you said, we must move on for that. It's depressing. Sure. Maybe we should put a call to Richard Branson. Well, you know what, Anthony, just to go Qatar. back, just go back to, yeah, so the UAE, right? Look how they structured their airlines. It's very much government funded, all that kind of stuff, but they use it to drive a lot. So it's tourism. I mean, Emirates, like, it's an airline, but there's so much more. It's like it's a gateway to great business, I think, this airline thing. I'm um, actually, hmm. like, the, the Middle East airlines, yeah, they are good, but don't forget the oil is subsidized and petrol sure. is usually, or oil, whatever it is, oh, yeah, it is usually a, a, a huge contributor to costs. Actually, a good example is Ethiopian airlines because they're yeah. now the largest airline in Africa and they've gone from nothing to Turkish airlines as well. They've yep. done a lot for that region and their country. And, and establishing themselves as this like European kind of Middle Eastern hub. Yeah. yeah. Do you think South Africa's just aren't too far down the continent, too far south? Well, no. If we had things <laughs> no, worth coming to, <laughs> it's fine. No, good point. We just run it badly. Exactly. That's. <laughs> We've got everything we need here. It's just bad running. That's yeah. all it is. It's sad. I mean, because we are the business hub, right? <laughs> no, no, I do still think that foreigners come to South Africa to do business into Africa. Sure. So that's mm. still a benefit we should be capitalizing on. Exactly. There we go. Slogan there. Now just do good business and everything's sorted. 
Okay. Shall we talk about Nike? Yeah, not my favorite brand, but then again, no, carry on. Oh. Why is it not your favorite well, brand? Well, they always sponsor douches, let's be honest. Oh. All their major athletes, because that's, that's their whole angle, right? They're edgy. Oh, get douche. <coughs> name a few. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, well, you do one name and shame. And you haven't got enough time. I've written articles about this before. Oh, right. But we okay. haven't got enough time for me to get into this. It's not about me. You carry on. So, Nike reported an excellent set of results last week for their fourth quarter, but that was just after Bloomberg, Bloomberg TV ran a story saying that not even Tiger Woods could make golf profitable for Nike. So basically, Phil Knight, the guy who founded or co-founded Nike, said that for 20 years they've been losing money on golf equipment. Yeah, I see it's the whole hardware thing. So what? Ah. So Adidas have golf's biggest brand, TaylorMade, right? They've been trying to flog that for so long now. It's the biggest, biggest hardware manufacturer, but they wanted to sell it. They eventually have sold it now. It's just that it's not a great business. The profit margins are low down. It's not great. That's why they're all sticking with just apparel. So Nike's whole thing is now they're just making the golf side of apparel. Hmm. Ah, right. So only the clothing. Oh, right. So you'll still see Nike hectically in golf as far as sponsor loads of players, but the hardware... No. Oh, is that where the pro- problem lies? It's, no it's it's not so much the branding because Phil Knight also went on TV and said that when they um, banned, you know, the Jordan Air trainers um, from the basketball league, yeah. that's when they made the biggest boost in sales because basically they went out and said their their slogan was uh, Nike Airs or Jordan Airs, whatever it is, now banned by the league, and apparently that boosted sales. So. I, I think Nike is all about branding, no? Very much so. Well, mm-hmm. it's one of the most, it is probably the most iconic icon, brand slash whatever swoosh thing. Mm-hmm. You and see that, everyone knows what it is. And so that's why they're equating or questioning this, like, brand, or this use of Tiger Woods for their golf equipment. But it's not, but you say it's not the branding issue, it's actually the hardware. No, it's just, it's an industry thing. I don't even think, I mean, ah. look, obviously Tiger not following through on the legacy which should have been his. And all the adultery and that kind of stuff didn't help. And yeah, Tiger was anyone that could keep that brain afloat. He doesn't play then. But even before he fell, the, they, they didn't Still make wasn't money. Making yeah, money. Yeah, so it's pointless. Anyway, so they reported diluted earnings per share grew by 16% year on year, beating estimates by 20%. I mean, just fantastic. Um, their direct-to-customer business grew 18% year-on-year and now represents 40% of the total revenue. So they really are changing from becoming this wholesaler to becoming direct-to-consumer. Uh, golf revenues, they said, continue to be depressed. Uh, Japan was the best performer by a long way, while Eastern Europe actually moved backwards, even in constant currency terms. So it wasn't so much a problem that the uh, Russian ruble was under pressure, but actually just generally. And then still very strong momentum in China, where revenue grew in constant currency by 17%. Nike shares were up 11% on Friday. Yeah, so really good stuff coming out of there. I mean, you you know, whether or not we want to hold the share going forward is a good question. I expect after such good results, you'll see lots of forecast upgrades, um, which will keep the share afloat. Um, and even after the game, it's still, it's on about a 21 times 12 month forward earnings. So not cheap, slightly below the long term average. I'm not sure there's that much upside in it, but you can't deny a company that's growing at double-digit high-teen numbers. So I suppose if you do have it in your portfolio, you probably want to hold on to it. Very good.
Aranathia, is that your Monday wrap? That's that's it, yes. Fantastic. What does the week have in store for you? Because last week you were very busy. Although actually the last few weeks you seem to be very busy. I think I'm going to be busy until the end of July. We're working on a new deal, which I will let you into if oh. we sign. Oh, very good. This is CliffCentral.com.